The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight Division. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. Hello, and welcome to episode 225 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jodin. Hey, friends. What's going on, friend? Nothing much. How are y'all? I'm very, very good. How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit I'm better. I had to go to the urgent care over the weekend. Don't worry, it wasn't very urgent. Um, what were they caring in, for? Um, <clears throat> basically, I had some issues with my sinuses. You might could call it sinusitis if you want it to sound very dramatic. The oh. answer to the question was Mucinex. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a continuation of the ladies' night wrestlecast when you were like, I'm yeah. sick. Like it didn't get better, and I'm an awful sick person. And when I was with my mother, so it was even worse. And I was like, I don't feel good. What do I do? And she was like, I'll take you to the urgent care. I was like, oh, I'm in urgent care all day. She was like, well, let's just go to the urgent care and see what it's like. There was nobody in the urgent care, literally nobody. There was one child who was like the child of a worker, and he was watching Black Panther. There was nobody in the urgent care, so I got seen. I was in and out in 20 minutes. NBD. The answer was. Mucinex to drain my sinuses to relieve the pressure that was making me such a brat. And then I got a new inhaler because I was short of breath. So I have asthma. So again, nothing serious, but sometimes you have to act like a baby to get results. Well, thank you for the urgent care and thank you to your mom for making the suggestion. Yes. But like, shout out to the urgent care because there was literally nobody there. I've never waited. <laughs> I've never waited a shorter time to see a doctor. She was crazy. DD Jonesh, we're going to just transition. It's just me and you tonight. The oh. other members of the WrestleCast are visiting parts unknown this week. So, the news of the week. DX, they've been announced as the first members of this year's 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class. So, that's basically everybody but Rick Rude, <laughs> Road Dog, X Pac, Billy Gunn, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and China. Yes. Um, the internet is a buzz. We're happy for everybody, but we're really focused on China. Right. Because China deserves. And I'm glad that they've reversed their stance from when we first started doing this podcast to when it was, well, you know, she did these movies and if our kids were to Google her, these movies come up and we just don't think that's good representation for our Hall of Fame. I mean... You remember that argument? 
It's bullshit because, you know, are we going to act like you're not going to put Paige in in a few years? Are you are you not going to put, you know, Seth Rollins in in a few years or, you know, 20 years, however long it takes? Are you not going to put in Xavier? All of these people, I can go see their godly goods on the Internet. You know, like it is what it is. People are nasty, you know? And just because that was a decision she made after she got blackballed out of the industry to make some money, oh, well. We saw her normal parts. We're old enough to get over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your children won't die because they saw a vagina. Like, it's okay. I thought it was a very awesome gesture, especially with the, you know, getting everybody in. So even if you know, Billy Gunn isn't really a Hall of Fame singles wrestler as a, oh, you know, yeah. part of <laughs> DX, you know, he's definitely an integral member, so I'm cool with DX being the first members of this year's Hall of Fame class. And oh. in other news, Ty Dillinger has asked for his release from WWE. And he can go. Yeah, he was on the uh, right side of things until he tried to do some All Girls Matter. Yeah, like, you can just not say anything, you know? Like, I think, I think the problem with social media is sometimes these famous people get the feeling that everything they think needs to be said out to the world to be heard. Like, if that's really what you thought, you really could have kept that to yourself because nobody's like... Never thought of that before, Ty Dillinger. Ah, you have opened my eyes to a new thought process. No, shut the fuck up. Go sit with your mediocre friends and go be mediocre. Like, yeah, go sit with Sam of the Missing Hairline. Yeah, go over there with him. Go Uh, be mediocre together. This is the, like, tricky situation with this. Is that when these people who have time still, a significant time still left in their contract, it's still up to Vince to be like, yeah, okay. Just because you asked doesn't mean you get it. The thing about Ty is, I don't know that, like, I don't, I mean, but maybe he's amazing and he just hasn't been amazing on my TV, but I don't know if it's like worth it for them to be like, I'm just going to hold you up. Like, if you want to go, go. I guess we'll have to see how how Vince and them really feel about him. But then again, I can feel like it. Like, oh, they, why don't they want to let you go? Like, I know why they didn't want to let Neville go. Level was amazing, even if he did look like an evil elf. But Ty, I just feel like they just let him go. Like they ain't doing nothing with him. They didn't even let him be ten on the last Royal Rumble. He's not that interesting. He's not even all that controversial. So it's just like, mm, bye. Yeah, so that's our news for this week. That's the reason why Dean Ambrose played it so smart, and that's why everybody thinks it's such a work. It's just because he played the game the way you need to play it. He's like, oh, my contract is coming up to an end. I'm just not going to sign a new one. So I'll just do what they need me to do until April the 15th or whatever. And when April the 14th comes, you know, I'll be done. He gets to move on and slide on to the, to the next stage of his life. So, 
Or are you thinking on AEW or somewhere else? I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. It's hard to say. He may be like Cody Rhodes is talking mm. about like a mystery opponent for the all-in event. So it may be Dean Ambrose. I don't know if they have had prior contact or anything like that. So it'll just be interesting to see what happens in a couple of months when he's finally free to go. But good time. April is April is nowhere away. Oh yeah, you like know, April is right around the corner. February is a flim flam month anyway. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. So. We're going to move into our reviews and our first review at the Elimination Chamber that took place in Houston, Texas this past Sunday. As always, thanks to everybody who came out for the hashtag ChamberCast. It was a lot of fun, as always. I think everybody was rooting for one common cause, and we'll get to that here at the end of the review. It was a really beautiful day. So beautiful. So we start with the part of the show that Miss Didi Jonet did not see, the nope. pre-show. That consisted of the Cruiserweight Championship match between the champion Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa. Tozawa drapes Murphy across the second rope when he hit the top rope in time to Murphy on the rope for two count. Tozawa then hits the ropes and charges at Murphy, but Murphy catches him with a leaping knee. Tozawa locks in the Iron Octopus, but Murphy fights back to his feet he reverses it into Murphy's Law, and Buddy Murphy retains their Cruiserweight Championship. This was a damn good match. It's probably like the third best match of the whole night. It was good. That, yeah. The 205 guys, they don't get a chance to wrestle in front of like the main crowd, but they, they put on the show. The people who saw this, they were definitely into it, and they were loud and vocal, so... Uh, Buddy Murphy, he's really good. He could maybe be the next person from Two Hundred Five Live to come up to the to the main I show. That. So, so speaking of the main show, we're moving into Elimination uh, Chamber proper, and we're going to start off with the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. So that's the. Uh, Boston Hook connection of Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jax and Tamina versus the Riot Squad versus Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus the Iconics versus Naomi and Carmella. Sasha Banks and Bailey start the match against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Their Wyatt, the Riot Squad, their pod opens, then the Iconics pod opens, and next are Naomi and Carmella. Carmella locks in the code of the code the code of silence on Deville, but Mandy Rose makes the save. Naomi goes after Rose and hits her with a springboard rearview. The iconic set their sights on Naomi and double team pin her for a three count, and Naomi and Carmella are the first team to be eliminated. Uh, your thoughts, Miss mm-hmm. Didi Jonay, before I move on. Shenanigans. Here are shenanigans. Naomi was looking good. They had some Good tag team moves, uh, Naomi and Carmella. They really were, uh, you know, setting the pace for the match once their pod opened and they got in there. So it was really sad to see them go so soon. Uh, Nia Jax and Tamina, their pod finally opens. The Iconics try to hide in a pod, but Nia Jax and Tamina pry the doors open. 
Nia Jax and Tamina then ragdoll the Iconics in the chains and tossed them back into the ring. Nia and Tamina hit double Samoan drops and get simultaneous three counts, and the Iconics have been eliminated. Liv Morgan tries to climb to the top of a pod, but Nia catches her and hits a Samoan drop from the second rope. Tamina follows up with a top rope splash to both Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, and she pins them for the three count, and the Riot Squad have been eliminated. Nia launches Bailey onto the steel and tries to spear her through a pod, but Bailey slides out of the way and Nia crashes straight through the pod door. Banks, Bailey, DeVille, and Rose quadruple team Tamina while Nia Jax is down. Bailey hits a top rope splash onto Tamina and gets the three count. Nia Jax and Tamina have been eliminated. Miss Didi, uh, let's talk about Nia Jax running full speed into the pod. That was pretty vicious looking. I saw her kill herself. You know, I'm a, I'm a little. I hope she's okay. Yeah. So we're down to Banks and Bailey versus Deville and Mandy Rose. Rose hits Banks with the bed of roses, but Sasha Banks kicks out it too. Sasha Banks goes for the bank statement on Sonya Deville, but her injured shoulder pervert, prevents her from locking it in properly. So, Sasha Banks uses her leg in a modified bank statement, and that's finally enough to force Sonya Deville to tap, and Bailey and Sasha Banks are your first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Almost like I wrote it myself. <laughs> so, Misty Dijonet, for at least two years... Mm-hmm. You've been speaking about these tag team championships that the ladies need more reasons to have tag team matches. And if they're going to have tag team matches, they need to be fighting for something like a title. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now they're here. They're real. We have our first champions. How do you feel about your first women's tag team champions? Um, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of, excuse me. I'm a big fan of the fact that we finally got the, titles i'm a big fan of how they decided to do it like three from raw three from smackdown put them in an elimination chamber the only thing i would have thought would have been better maybe would have been like tournament style but maybe they don't have enough people for tournament style so that's fine i really really like this i really like how whatever's going on with sasha didn't stop no show hopefully the curse of Sasha does not continue and she can be champion for longer than a month. No shade. I'm just honest right now. But I'm, I'm very happy with the way this shook out. Not so happy with Naomi being eliminated first, but everything else I'm, I'm more than okay with. Yeah, this was a good match. I mean, it had a couple of, you know, rough patches, but for the most part, they did a lot of cool stuff and the crowd was into it. Yeah, that's good. They deserve. Next up, SmackDown Tag Team Championship men's title match. The Miz and Shane versus the Usos. Miz sets Jay on the announce table, and Shane McMahon hits the leap of faith elbow drop from the top turnbuckle through the announce table. Jimmy then hits a super kick, and he hits up top. Jimmy goes for a diving splash, but the Miz gets his knees up. Miz hits the skull-crushing finale, but Jimmy kicks out it too. Jimmy then rolls Miz into a crucifix, a crucifix pin 
and he gets the three count, and the Usos are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Jimmy really isn't black. (laughs) You can fight the cops, and then you end up with a title a few days later? What? Yes. Yes. Okay, actually, I'm a fan of it just because I still don't. Mick Miz was not a thing, and I refuse to acknowledge it as such. So I'm very happy with the way that this happened. They had a really great interview promo on WWE.com. It's about six minutes long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Jimmy Uso, he had some he had some things to say. Oh. Yeah. Too bad they can't put this type of stuff on the regular shows because this is the type of stuff that makes people like you. Like, real quick, like, what was it? He was just, you know, talking about his week and, you know, you make a mistake and everybody want to, you know, come down on you and, and, you know, make you feel, you know, the lowest you ever been, but you still got to bounce back and fight and, you know, just redemption type stuff. Okay. But it wasn't scripted, you know what I'm saying? It was it was his his real self talking. So it had some real emotion to it. I see. We have our handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor. Finn Balor knocks Lashley off the apron and hits Leo Rush with a standing double stomp. Bobby Lashley, Lashley rushes back into the ring, but then he eats a sling blade. Lashley and Leo head to the outside. Finn Balor wipes them out with a dive. Balor rolls Leo Rush back into the ring and hits the coup de grace for the three count. And we have a new Intercontinental Champion. After the match, Lashley takes out his frustration on Leo Rush and leaves him laying in the middle of the ring. So Finn... After his initial one day run with the Universal title, he's finally made his way back to a championship. It's the Intercontinental title. You know, this was all due to Tatiana and her screensaver. Oh, God. It all, it's all connected. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the extra mojo he needed. Mm-hmm. The Ladies Night WrestleCast. That's right. Shout out to Jade to the Max and Tatiana, Janine, and Ms. Dijane for a great episode, as usual, last week. Mm. Mm. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you wrote a good review on, um, I don't know, wherever you write reviews. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. So Ronda Rousey, she's going to defend her Raw Women's Championship versus Ruby Riot. Charlotte Flair is sitting at ringside for this match to find out who she'll face at WrestleMania. Rousey goes right after Ruby Riot with a quick arm drag. Ruby Riot heads to the outside to regroup before heading back into the ring and catching Rousey with a punch to the jaw. Ronda regains control with Piper's pit and then she locks in the arm bar for the submission. So, Didi, how'd you feel about Ruby Riot's two and a half minutes of fame here? Um, 
I find the two and a half minutes disrespectful, but everybody knew she wasn't going to win. So I just, I wish they were a little more, <clears throat> I don't know if the word is judicious or a little bit more like keeping with your own mythology for how long matches should last. Because I'm pretty sure Sarah, what's her name? Sarah? Little Braveheart girl. I'm pretty sure Sarah Logan. Girl, there you go. I'm pretty sure her match was longer than two and a half minutes. And if Ruby's supposed to be the best of the Riot Squad, her match should have been at least five. Now, it, it don't have to not be a squash, but just remember what you have planted. You know, just remember what you did. Remember what you said. You said she was the best, so she should be better than Liv and Sarah. That's all. But the outcome wasn't shocking. You know, that's fine. I definitely agree. They didn't do Ruby right any favors by having her basically get squashed on a pay-per-view. So, Charlotte Flair, she heads into the ring to stare down Ronda. But here comes the man. Becky Lynch hobbles through the crowd on crutches, and she gingerly climbs into the ring. Becky throws one crutch at Charlotte Flair and then beats her down to the mat with the other crutch. Becky viciously works over Flair with a crutch as Ronda just watches in delight. Rousey picks up the other crutch, and it looks like she's going to join in on the fun, and Becky attacks Ronda from behind. Becky beats down Ronda and Charlotte Flair, and then security starts to rush down to the ring. (laughs) The man stands tall as Rousey and Flair are down and out. Yes. Yes, bitch, yes. Uh, Rhonda caught it straight to the head. She was bleeding. What? Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Such an asshole. I'll tell you why I'm happy. Because some people need to actually be injured. Because she's not a good actress. Like, the way that she was, she was reacting to those shots, when, that was not correct. Like, act like it hit you. Act like it hurt. Don't just roll around and go, ah, go, ah, when it hits you. You know, like, you're supposed to be an actual actress. Like, why don't you know these things? Uh, Becky Lynch again, doing Becky Lynch things, which means whatever the she wants. So, that was very entertaining. Definitely That's perked up the show. That's right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just when they perk up the show, they bring it right back down <laughs> when we have Braun Strowman taking on Baron Corbin in the notice qualification match. Braun grabs the table from under the ring. He slides it into the ring. Strowman then props up the table in the corner, and he power slams Baron Corbin through it. Then here comes Drew McIntyre. McIntyre comes down to the ring carrying a steel chair, and then Bobby Lashley comes to the crowd and attacks Strowman with the steel chair from behind. Lastly, um, after the attack, McIntyre and Lashley beat down Strowman, and give him chair shots before sliding the ring steps into the ring. Strowman tries to fight back, but Corbin levels him with the chair shots to the back. Corbin and McIntyre slide two more tables into the ring, and then McIntyre drops Strowman with a Claymore kick. Corbin and Lashley set up one table on top of the other, then drag Strowman onto the ring steps, and they do the shield triple power bomb through two tables. Then Baron Corbin covers Braun Strowman and gets the one, two, three. Boo. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. 
what have they done to our Braun Strowman? They are so disrespectful. They are so hateful. So hateful. Remember when Braun was, <laughs> people were salivating. People were chomping at the bit that this guy needs to be the champion. I remember when Braun got compacted in a trash compactor and opened the shit back up. Once you have a man do that, once you have a man pull down shit to bury Brock Lesnar, I don't care if it's Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and Boren Corbin. I don't care. Even if he got the one, two, three, the correct answer would have been, and then he stood his ass back up. Like, he is supposed to be an indestructible force, or you can only get him at the best. For three seconds at a time. Like, you are not supposed to bury him standing over top of him like you did some good hot shit. Like, who is this? Why did you make him this? What did he do? Did he do something? Did he make you mad? I haven't heard. I haven't heard, but, man, it's just. It's unacceptable. I will not have it. You remember from Black Panther? I will not have it. (laughs) Six months ago. He was the hottest thing in the company. Everybody was like, man, Braun Strowman, can't miss, needs to be the champion. Now it's unrecognizable what they're doing with him. And it's like, then they tried to walk it back on Monday, but it's like, you never should have did it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So stupid. It's time for our main event of the evening. The Elimination Chamber match. For the WWE Championship, we have Daniel Bryan defending the championship versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton and versus Samoa Joe. Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe start the match. And, um, yeah, they were chopping the hell out of each other. Daniel Bryan, he bruises easily. Kofi Kingston pod opens, then AJ Styles pod opens. Joe locks in the coquina clutch on Kingston, but Kingston breaks free and Styles hits a phenomenal forearm out of nowhere, and Samoa Joe is eliminated. Jeff Hardy pod, his pod opens, and Hardy heads to the top of the pod. He connects with the Swanton Bomb on the AJ on the top turnbuckle. But Brian immediately connects with a running knee to Jeff Hardy for a three count. And Jeff Hardy is eliminated. Randy Orton, his pod opens and AJ Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm. But Orton catches Styles on the ropes and hits the RKO for a three count. AJ Styles is now eliminated. Daniel Bryan goes for the running knee, but Orton counters into a power slam. Kofi Kingston catches Randy Orton with a trouble in paradise for the three count. And Randy Orton has been eliminated. So, Didi, let me bring you back in right here. Mm-hmm. Um, how loud did you scream in joy when you saw Kofi eliminate all lives? I'm going to be real honest with you, Chief. I haven't seen Elimination Chamber. <laughs> oh, you didn't see it? Mm-hmm. You didn't see the, the main event part? Mm, I missed it all. The only thing I saw was like gifts. Oh man, this was good. I still haven't watched it. Oh, you got so, to go back. Oh, you at least got to go back and watch this match. This was good. So we're down to Brian, Dan Bryan and Kofi Kingston. And they rip it up for like eight minutes before we get to the part I'm about to talk about. Uh, Kingston goes for a splash from the top of the pod, but Dan Bryan, he rolls out of the way. 
Daniel Bryan follows up with the running knee. He then gets the three count. And Daniel Bryan retains the WWE Championship. After the match, Biggie and Xavier Woods, they join Kofi Kingston in the ring as the crowd chants, Thank you, Kofi. Thank you, Kofi. Thank you, Kofi. Such a wonderful, glorious moment there. Everybody on the live chat was just rooting for Kofi, encouraging Kofi. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. Y'all really had faith. Yeah, we did. We did. It it I looked like <laughs> for a second there. It looked like it might happen. It looked like it might happen. Listen, y'all had Sasha, Mexican Bailey. And the Samoans win. What you think Black History Month is? No. <laughs> no. So, Elimination Chamber was a pretty decent pay-per-view. Um, but really, the only match that was kind of a uh, drag was that uh, Corbin Strowman match. But the rest of the show was really good. The women's match was really, was much better than I think a lot of people expected. They were like, oh, so many women, how are they going to make it work? But they, they made it work. And then the men's match was spectacular, especially once uh, Kofi and Dan Bryan got in there in the very end. So good pay-per-view. Again, thank you for everybody who joined us for our live tweet. To all the new people who discovered the WrestleCast through the live tweet of the pay-per-view, we greatly appreciate you guys listening and joining the family. So we'll turn our attention to Monday Night Raw from Lafayette, Louisiana. Raw starts off with Triple H in the middle of the ring to tell us that it is so close to WrestleMania that you could cut the tension with a knife. He highlights last night and the awesome moments like Sasha Banks and Bayley winning the championships or like Kofi coming so close to the WWE title. He then brings up Becky and how nothing will stop her from getting to Charlotte or Ronda Rousey. He says, corporately, he must say that if she does this again, however, she will be arrested and prosecuted because she is suspended. But he said, personally, it was pretty damn cool. Speaking of pretty cool, he said there was a special release on ESPN and the first inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame are the Generation X. He says, if that's not enough to prove to you that we are on the road to mania, he's going to pour gas on the fire. He brings up NXT. He says he wants to introduce us to some people who will be making their debut tonight. Starting with Ricochet. Triple H then announces Aleister Black. Next up he announces Johnny Gargano. And finally he introduces Tommaso Ciampa. Triple H says right now all hell is going to break loose. He points out to some tables and says that tonight there will be a table match and it will be between Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. So, Miss Didi Janine, let me bring you back in at this particular point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call these guys the NXT (laughs) 4. Okay. So, the rumor in NU endo is that Vince was just like I gotta have something give me the four best guys you got down at NXT 
just oh, really just just bring him just 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 get him up here and triple h apparently had no idea that this oh. was going to happen so it was just kind of like a spur of the moment decision so he's like bring me up your four best for monday or bring me up your four best i think he was bring me up your four best the what I heard is they're going to be working all three brands until uh, the Superstar Shakeup, which is when after WrestleMania. Uh huh. Oh, that is that is a schedule. <laughs> the thing is, NXT they tape, so you know they'll do a taping and they'll get like a month or a month and a half of shows out of the one taping. So they'll mm. just basically have to go through SmackDown and in in a bra but what it does is it totally whatever because of the way they played it later mm-hmm. on in the night whatever the storylines was in nxt events was like fuck it i got you know <laughs> yeah because yeah nobody's carrying over whatever they had at least not yet right right so uh, we'll get into their debuts to various degrees a little bit later in the review. But first up, we have the tables match. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman gave him a power slam through the table. He won. As Braun starts to make his way up the ramp. Paul Heyman comes out. Braun grabs him by the neck. Heyman screams that Braun is hurting him. Braun releases Paul. Then Paul attempts to collect himself. He finally balances himself out, and he has a message for us. He says he's not surprised at Braun's actions. Everyone should be jealous of his client, Brock Lesnar. He's the biggest star in the history of MMA and wrestling and entertainment, which is why he has put something together at his own expense. It's the history of Brock. So Heyman does a little voiceover to talk about the harsh farm conditions of Brock's past and how they helped shape him into the best wrestler in the country. Heyman talks about Taker Streak and how we still boo him, but there's nothing we can do about it. Paul then tells us what impromptu means, and he wonders how many of us believe that Seth will win come WrestleMania. Paul then questions the amount of fire in Rollins' soul and whether it's enough to burn down Suplex City. Finn Balor, he interrupts Paul as we go to break. So Finn, he's out there in the middle of the ring by himself. Paul Heyman just vanished into thin air. Finn talks about living a dream as the Intercontinental Champion. He's proud to continue the legacy of the title, and he plans on defending the title. He's then interrupted by Leo Rush. Leo says that Finn doesn't deserve the title. Lashley deserves the title. And from behind, Bobby Lashley attacks Finn. So, you know, speaking of storylines not meaning anything, uh, yeah, when we last saw these two, uh, Leo Rush was getting his ass whooped by Bobby Lashley. Now they're friends again. Okay. So, uh, Bobby Lashley, he's stomping Finn over and over. Leo's in the ring. He attacks Finn in the corner. Then Leo shouts for Lashley to lift him up. Lashley then hits a body slam. Leo heads to the top rope. And that's when Ricochet runs down and he makes the save. He ducks under Leo. He hops onto the apron. He kicks Bobby Lashley. He moonsaults onto Leo, then kicks Lashley out of the ring. Lashley and Leo are on either side of the ring as Ricochet and Balor go back to back. 
We go to commercial and we come back. And what do you know? It's a tag team match player between Finn Balor and Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Ricochet dives over the top rope on Leo. He then sends Leo into the ring. Lashley walks over and runs him into the barricade. Then Ricochet he hits a moonsault off the barricade. Finn then comes over and gives uh, Bobby Lashley the shotgun drop kick. We get a springboard off the top rope to Leo. Then Ricochet hits the 630. And Ricochet and Finn Balor get the win. So, Miss Didi, what did you think about Ricochet's debut on the main roster? Coming down to save Finn. Put him in a spot here where he could get the little rub off of Finn. Um, He looked good. He looked good. I think it was smart to put him with Finn and with Leo because they both do that bad shit. <laughs> and I think it's doubly impressive when you see somebody like a Leo go against somebody like a Ricochet. Because it's like, oh, both of y'all are super fast. Both of y'all are spinny, turny, twirly niggas. Like, that's amazing. Like, all y'all just real good. And then you've got Finn, who's, you know, not necessarily as twirly, but certainly athletic. And then you got Bobby just being big as shit in the corner. So I think it was a really good way to introduce Ricochet. If it wasn't going to be a one-on-one, I think this was like the tag match to do it. Backstage. Drew McIntyre, he's talking to Triple H. He tells him that he wants the main event at WrestleMania. He says he wants Seth Rollins' spot, but then walks in Dean Ambrose. Dean slaps the shit out of Drew. Triple H asks if Triple H still wants a match with Dean or not. I mean, with uh, Seth or not. And Drew says he wants him to change the match and make it for Dean Ambrose tonight. Lucha House. Oh, first before I move on. This uh, I don't give a fuck, Dean Ambrose. It's much better than the Dean Ambrose we've had for the last three and a half years. I get the feeling that this is actually who he is. <laughs> <laughs> because everything I've heard about him is like he's a little standoffish, a little not really with the flow of what everybody else is doing, kind of just over to the left. So the idea of him like going up to smack somebody to say, like, I want to match, it, it sounds accurate. It seems right. The Lucha House Party, they come out. No one cares. So we get a recap event telling <laughs> Becky that she is no longer in the women's title match at WrestleMania. So Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins versus Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metal League. Grand Metal League knocks Zack uh, Ryder off the apron. We get a Hurricane Rana onto Kurt Hawkins and the Lucha House Party. They get the win. Heavy Machinery, they cut a promo at the top of the stage with Charlie. They have a pact where they have each other's back. They're interrupted by Lacey Evans. She walks by them and heads down the ramp. Then she does a turn and comes back up the ramp and she stands behind them. Then Heavy Machinery, they head down the ramp doing the Bushwhackers walk. And then they head back up the ramp and they circle Lacey. I don't get it. What is the point? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Backstage, Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano are chatting. And then walk in, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, who wonder why they get a title match. Well, not a title match, but a match with the Revival. And not Roode and Gable getting their title rematch. Gable won't bring up how he beat both of them at NXT, but on Raw, they have to start from the bottom and rise up. Gargano says that they are here to take over. In come the revival. They say it's been a while. Tomasa isn't here looking for their respect. 
They're here to make an impression at their expense, so good luck. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, DIY versus The Revival. Gargano hit the battering ram into Dawson. We get attacked to Ciampa. Both men are in. We get the super kick and knee combo to the head of Dawson. And we get the pin as Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano get the win. Now, Charlie is talking with Finn and Ricochet. She wants to talk about what Finn has been through the past 24 hours. She wants to know how Finn feels. Finn says that, you know, he had his night last night, but tonight it was all about Ricochet. He welcomes Ricochet to Raw, and he walks out of the interview. Ricochet says, no one can envision how you arrive to your dreams, but it never goes how you plan. He guarantees, though, that once you live them, it'll feel better than anything you could ever imagine. He's at Monday Night Raw. He can go on for days. If you think you've seen the last of him, we're just seeing the beginning. There's only one and only Ricochet. We get an update from Kevin Owens, who nearly drops his phone, but he catches it. He says he is watching Monday Night Raw on SmackDown, and he's never been hungrier. His son comes up with some popcorn and asks for change, but there is no change. He says he was reminded of why he fights. He says to trust him, he is ready to fight again. Sasha Banks and Bailey, they come out. Bailey was at a total loss for words. She cannot believe that they are there right now as the first ever women's tag team champions. She forgot to say women, but, you know, we all know that Sasha has that lisp. Sasha says it's not a dream anymore. It's here. We all did this. It's so crazy to think how far they've come. From NXT and the history they've made and now to continue this. They've always done it together. The matches, traveling, hating each other, loving each other, feeling every emotion together. It's true. They have the same dream. They have the same goal. And they can't imagine doing it with anyone else but each other. They are not afraid. They talk about this all the time. Except them going to war to finally realize that it's that they had to do it together. Then they can change the world. This is just the very beginning, and they plan on being champs for a very long time. Sasha says that they've been putting their heart and souls in creating these titles, so they will be defending these titles against anyone, and that means SmackDown, Raw, or NXT. She says there is no stronger connection than the Boston Hug connection, and we can bank on that. Outcome, Nia and Tamina. Nia comes out here to tell the girls to stop because no one wants to see this. She congratulates them and then tells Sasha that that women's has an E in it. <laughs> she doesn't get it, of course, but she doesn't want to ruin the celebration. But everyone knows that Sasha only cares about Sasha. We also know that anytime Sasha wins the title, she loses it on her very first defense. Tamina says that last night they got lucky, but tonight that luck is about to run out. Misty Dijonet, would you like to mm-hmm. would you like to weigh in on that little line that? I mean, facts are facts, which is why I mentioned I hope that she can break her losing streak. Yeah, it's rough to realize that she's been a five-time WWE Women's Champion, and she's never had a successful title defense. Mm -hmm. That's just so hard to think of. Hateful. (laughs) Just hateful. Uh, Um... Tamina and uh, Naya coming out here looking mean and menacing. 
trying to redeem themselves from their effort in the elimination chamber. They rush the ring, but Sasha and Bailey drop kick them off the apron. Nia tries to enter the ring, but Sasha locks on the bait statement. Then Tamina pulls her out, and they retreat up the ramp. Dean and Drew have their match. Dean Ambrose hits a suicide dive. Dean picks up some speed. He heads into the corner, and he gets to the top rope. But he gets cut off with a Claymore kick. Drew doesn't cover him. He waits. Drew hits another Claymore kick. And Drew McIntyre gets the win. Seth Rollins, he's backstage. He says he isn't walking into Mania with a death with with a death wish. He's walking in with an acceptance of his faith. At Mania, it's all over for Brock. His reign of terror is done. As for his fate, whether he leaves on his own two feet or on a stretcher, he's leaving with the title. Dean, he's nearby. He walks in the shot. He's working out the pain in his neck. He then asks Rollins, where was he out there? Seth wonders if he's lost his mind. Dean then looks at Seth, confused, and he says, eh, and shrugs and walks off. Didi's favorite part of the show, it's time to walk with Elias. He says he's beautiful and charismatic, and much more so than the crowd. He is interrupted and disrespected weekly. He is a genius, and we are blessed to be in his presence. He is inevitably cut off, and it's by Aleister Black. If silence and deep sleep is what you seek, then allow him to help Elias for tonight. And Aleister tells him that he will fade to black. So Aleister Black versus Elias. Aleister Black hits the ropes. We get a springboard moonsault and a pin for a two count. Black goes to the top rope. He hops off and he runs right into a knee from Elias. We get the two count after that move as well. Elias then uh, hits uh, whips, tries to whip uh, Aleister Black into the corner, but Aleister Black escapes and then he hits the Black Mass and Aleister Black gets to win. Miss Edie, did you enjoy this particular debut? I, I hate it had to be against Elias. I'm sorry. I don't know why they do my boy like that, but yeah, Aleister looked great. Who do you think had the best debut out of the four people ricochet okay what did you like about it that stood out to hmm. you i just like all the flippy shit it works for me and anytime i can see leo get his ass beat it's just bonus points <laughs> okay <laughs> main event time ronda rousey versus ruby riot for the raw women's championship Ruby Riot grabs Ronda Rousey, but Rousey counters, launching Ruby Riot face first into the turnbuckle to daze her. Rousey takes advantage and drops Ruby Riot into the armbar for the submission win. After the match, Ronda Rousey stands tall with the title as her music starts to play. Liv Morgan hits the ring, but Rousey grabs her and drops her with the Piper's Pit. Logan also gets dropped. The Riot the right squad regroups at ringside where Rousey looks on. Raw goes off the air with Rousey standing tall and her music playing in the background. They gave Ruby Riot like two and a half times more actual in ring time, but the result was the same. You know what Ruby's setting her up for here, Corey? Thinking about a riot kick, but Rousey, well prepared. 
Uh-oh. Ronda has Ruby where she wants it, but Ruby, though, again, with an elbow. Again, that step ahead, like you said, Cole. Follows it up with a Boom! There it is! She nailed it! For the championship off the riot pick, and Ronda kicks out of their fall. Rousey's title is in trouble. Ruby She's Wyatt. gonna finish her now. From the top rope, nobody home. Oh. Ronda to the armbar. Turns her over. Oh. oh, and Ruby Riot just escapes. Once again, paying off big time. Wait hey, a minute. Now. Rousey from the top to the floor. Oh. The Riot Squad. Flying chaos in the form of the Raw Women's Champion. But Ruby's up on her feet. Uh-oh, Ronda. Oh. Got Ruby up top. Ruby Ronda trying to hang on. Ruby looking for a reverse. First out of that tarbuckle. Ruby Riot, no clue where she is. And oh, Ronda. Maybe some shades of sun, you break there. Top out. Here's your winner by submission. And still the Raw Women's Champion, Rowdy Ronda. Ronda Rousey with a hell of a fight tonight against the very game Ruby Riot. The Riot Squad stood by her side, but somewhere. Whoa, whoa, hang oh, on. Morgan. It's Sarah Logan. And Ronda Rousey fighting off the Riot Squad here. A dominant Raw Women's Champion, and I can guarantee you, somewhere, Charlotte Flair is watching every move, and so is the man, Becky Lynch. Ronda. Rousey is ready for WrestleMania. That was Monday Night Raw. Uh, this crowd really wasn't that great at all. They didn't have a lot of pep to them. But that is so nice of you to call them not that great. <laughs> they were trash. <laughs> but uh, I was listening to Jim Cornette, and he actually watched Raw, and he like broke it down from like a old wrestling promote production guy and like oh i see why the people wasn't cheering they ain't have they ain't give them shit to cheer for <laughs> it's like everything's like they it's like 45 minutes in what have they seen they've seen two matches from like main event that nobody cares about they seen triple h stand in the ring and talk mm. they saw um paul Heyman. they saw uh you know match nobody cares about between baron corbin and and Braun Strowman, they saw uh, uh, Paul come out and talk. They saw Finn come out and talk. It's like you're almost an hour in, and you only seen one match that nobody really cared about on the main show. So, yeah, he was just kind of breaking down, saying, you know, can't always blame the crowd. That sometimes, you know, they got to have something to cheer for too. And then he was talking about how they probably should have you know, ran some video packages to kind of help the NXT the people get familiar with the NXT guys instead mm-hmm. of just running them out there because it didn't help them connect. It just shows you how many people don't watch NXT that go to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. But I think it was easy for them to not know those kids. But I also don't understand why we have more people coming up when what have you done with having machinery? What have you done with Lacey? The one guy, I guess he's just not coming back. Like, what have you been doing with EC3? Like, why wouldn't you square them kids away before you say, yeah, let's take four more? Because 
I, I guess what happened was he figured, oh, I ain't got nothing I can work with in this group. Bring me some more. He's just he's just fishing for stuff because I think he's starting to feel the pressure. AEW getting all these people in the just excitement and anticipation of AEW itself. So he's um, like, I got to get some more guys on my roster that are kind of like the guys that they're signing. But, what they say? <laughs> but what he's missing is. He can get all the guys he wants. He can get all the people he wants until he really lets them start to wrestle on Raw and talk with some real emotion and some promos that aren't so contrived. It's still going to be the same old stale shit. It don't nothing pick up until like Becky Lynch comes out on Raw. That's when shit picks up because it's like you know what, she might actually be badass enough not to say what she's supposed to and be like, do something about it, and nobody does anything. At this point, yeah. Miss Didi, take uh-huh. it over. Give us your SmackDown Matters report. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. SmackDown is in New Orleans, which is not Lafayette. Boom. Roasted. Uh, they do a recap video of the Elimination Chamber. Shane comes down. He tells us we're getting a six-man tag tonight with the people who are in the Elimination Chamber WWE Championship match. And then with those six people, we'll find out who is challenging Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. He asks NL what's up and puts over the amazing debuts that happened from the MXT kids. And he says they'll be there today or tonight, whatever night that was. Miz comes and cuts him off. He admits that he used Shane the whole time because he knew Shane could relate to wanting his dad to be proud of him. Shane's like, I always wanted to be tag team champion. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Blah, blah, blah. Bonding. Blah, blah, blah. It's the best moment of his career. And he thanks Shane. He let Shane down two days ago. He can't change the past, but he can control the future. There's no more rematch clause. But Shane can make a rematch. The crowd wants it, I guess. Miz wants it. Shane wants it. The Usos are like, whoa, bitch. No. He said, there is no automatic clause. They're willing to let Shane forgive the Miz and let it happen, but they point out that Shane can't forgive Miz because he's a joke, a loser, a failure. A wannabe A-lister with C-lister skills and a crybaby. They tell Shane to get another partner. And Shane has heard enough. You don't disrespect the Miz like that. The rematch is on, and it'll happen in Cleveland. At Fastlane. The fans are disappointed it won't happen tonight, but the Miz points out it'll still be awesome. That's the one thing they've never learned how to do, like properly tell you there's going to be a match, but you're not going to be able to see it. (laughs) 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 Like there's no good way around it still. (laughs) Um, Alistair gets his SmackDown debut versus Andrade and his fiance slash wife, Zelina Vega. We still call him CN in these streets. He goes for the Hamalai DDT, but Alistair counters for a roll-up. Then there's a German, German suplex that gets two for Alistair. CN hip-tosses him into the corner, then hits the double knees in the corner. But that only gets two. Suddenly, Black Mass happens, and it puts CN almost down for the three count, and his wife is very sad. This was a this was a good match, a good showcase for him, somebody who can keep up with him. Mm-hmm. I like that match a lot. Yeah. Uh, 
Kayla Braxton, no relation to them other Braxtons, asks Champa and Gargano if they can keep up with the Black. They both seem confident that they are. Then the bar informs them that they should just go back to NXT or Raw. Just stay away from SmackDown Live. They're not just there to set the bar. They're there to break the bar. And then Seamus and Cesaro find that funny. Uh, AJ, Jeff, and The New Day are all on the same page, I guess, in regards to something. Not sure what. The bar. Working, working together since they were all, you know, fighting against each other the night before. Kofi came in oh, with the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came mm-hmm. in with the olive branch full of pancakes. I see it. I see what it is. So next is the match The Bar versus Champa and Gargano. Uh. There's an assisted Irish curse to Johnny for a near fall. Then Seamus talks some shit, gets super kicked. Uh, Cesaro tags in. He tries to knock Champa off the apron. Champa ducks, does get the tag, and then rolls up Cesaro for the three count. Um, after a while, in the back, we can see Asuka. <clears throat> she says she's ready for a new challenge. She beat Charlotte and Becky at TLC, made Becky tap, tap out at the Royal Rumble. She wants to know who is ready for Asuka right now. Fire and Desire appear. She wants Mandy wants Oscar to take notes from her. And says she's ready for Oscar, and Sonya seems happy to let her take that. But I'm not gonna get into it. Mandy won. I, I, I don't know how, and I don't know why. Shenanigans, distractions. Listen, ain't that many distractions in the world. But sure, I, I'll go with what you said. Shenanigans. Next. Charlotte is asked if Becky Lynch will haunt her road to WrestleMania. She doesn't think so. The reason why they're asking is she did beat her ass at Elimination Chamber. And also, she went and found her during one of the live matches during the week. So, that's why they're asking if Becky is going to haunt her for the next two months. Charlotte was bruised the fuck up. Beautiful. If you can't act, make it real. Miz tells Shane that Mr. Miz will be at ringside for the match at Fastlane. Uh, next, Ricochet versus Eric Young with Sanity. I forgot all about them. Which is why you don't need four more people you don't know what the fuck to do with. But that's neither here nor there. Standing shooting star gets two. Eric Young got his eyebrow busted at some point. Ricochet kicks the man out of the ring. Then he kicks Wolf down, then takes out Killian Dane and Young with a dive. There's another kick that sends Eric Young down, and it's 6.30 time, which is beautiful. And of course he gets the win. Kayla Knott Braxton welcomes the New Day. Xavier says she has too much dip on her chip. <laughs> uh, what is the context? Too much dip on your chip. Does it mean you're too excited? I think so. Mm. Are you doing too much? Something yeah, similar. Maybe you're doing too much, yeah. Too much dip on your chip. I don't know. I'm going to say it to my boss and I'll see what happens. He and Big E know how long 11 years is. Kofi feels like the entire WWE universe has his back, and it wouldn't be possible without Xavier and Big E. They love each other. And if they turn, if they have Big E or Xavier turn on him, I will stab you all. <laughs> My clear. <laughs> they don't ruin it. Let black people have things. They're amazing together. They can prosper as individuals without breaking up the group. Come on. Don't be awful. But anyway, Kofi has other tag team partners this match. He's with Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. They're fighting Samoa Joseph. 
Randy Olives Orton and the new Daniel Bryan with the felt or hemp belts, I should say. Daniel Bryan has a few words before they start. He calls them small-minded skeptics and says they have held back. Thomas Beckett, Joan of Arc, and Socrates. Look at those handprints on that man. <laughs> Either way, Danny Bryan serves a higher purpose to enlighten and educate. He will educate us about his opponent at Fastlane, but he'll tell us who it's not, the men in this match tonight, as he defeated them all in the Elimination Chamber. So anyway, to the match. AJ locks on the calf crusher. Joe breaks it up. Hardy hits a twist of fate. Brian hits. Brian goes on a label lock on AJ. It's broken up, and there's a Pele kick on Brian. Kofi gets the tag, and Daniel Bryan tells us Kofi on top of everybody. Kofi comes back anyway, takes Brian out to the outside. There's a trouble in paradise. Kofi gets the win. And Biggie and Xavier put Kofi on their shoulders, all while keeping an eye out on the corner just to make sure that no nobody interfere with that celebration because you got to keep your head on the roof. Never forget. Shane comes out right after the match to announce that Daniel Bryan will defend his WWE championship at Fastlane against Kofi Kingston. Ba, 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 and the Boom, bye, yeah, and all that shit. You know. <laughs> boom, clap. Boom, clap. Boom, boom, clap. And in comes Kofi. Lasted over 31 minutes in the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. He pinned Randy Orton in critical fashion to make it one-on-one -on -one with him and yes, Brian. Ultimately, we know the only time almost counts is in horseshoes and hand grenades. So Kofi had a great performance, but he's still not the champion. Oh, boom drop from Kingston. He's got a prime opportunity to build on all that momentum. Corey, looking for oh, momentum tonight. Kingston able to sidestep Bryan, sends Orton out of the ring. Oh, oh, easy. And Kingston has been on fire. What is Kofi doing? Kofi, Kofi about to take flight here. Kofi Kingston, oh, and Bryan from behind. Takes Kofi off his perch. And meanwhile, back inside the ring, Samoa Joe just leveled Styles. Uh-oh. Randy Orton going, no, 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 no. Oh. All the chaos and carnage outside Ten. the ring. Here comes Kofi. There goes Brian. There goes Kofi. Oh! Kofi took everybody out, including his own partners. Yeah, look out. Oh! Kofi with authority. Right to the face of Brian. And now Kingston up to the top. Oh, big drop kick to the champion. And the new Daniel Bryan retreats to the safety. Of Rowan uh, on the outside. I'm not sure how safe it is, Corey. Oh, oh. both out. Rowan and Brian down. Kofi Mania is running wild. You gotta believe this is what Kofi wanted. Daniel Bryan all to himself. Trouble in paradise. Kingston, cover. Kofi has pinned the WWE champion. Here are your winners. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Kofi Kingston. An impressive victory for Kofi and his teammates, able to outlast their opponents. But once again, Kofi able to ride the wave of momentum. So yeah, fun. 
Lots of fun. Kofi Mania running wild on you. What you gonna do, Miss Dijonay? What you gonna do? Oh, um, no. That's a good time with it, though. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. Definitely uh, grabbing the momentum of uh, Kofi the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week on SmackDown is matching the Elimination Chamber and now giving him a matching fast lane for the title. So everybody will be invested again. And maybe, just maybe. They could do the unthinkable. Let Kofi come to WrestleMania with the belt. That would be the best WrestleMania ever. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, I'm looking forward to that fast lane match. If they have the type of chemistry that they've shown in the past couple of weeks, then that match for the title could be epic. Mm-hmm. So before we move on to NXT, just please go over to support our sponsors over on CSPN.us. Click on the tab that says keep our podcast free at the top of the page. Do some shopping with Amazon. Mother's Day's coming up. Get ahead of the game. Go out there. Get something for mom. Do it through CSPN.us. Help keep the podcast free. As some, of your, some of your purchase will come back to the podcast network to help keep each and every podcast free on the network each and every week. So once again... Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. NXT time. We open with the video package hyping up our main event tonight. Johnny Gargano versus the Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. We start off with Aleister Black versus Roderick Strong. They fight on the apron where Roddy Strong hits a release backbreaker onto the top turnbuckle for a near fall. Roddy's still on the offensive, and he hits a jumping knee that gets another near fall. But from out of nowhere, Aleister Black hits the Black Mass, and Aleister Black is victorious. The Undisputed Era, they hit the ring, and they jump Aleister Black. But a limping ricochet comes out, and he takes them out with a springboard crossbody. Ricochet and Aleister Black clean house, forcing the Undisputed Era to retreat. <laughs> Did you see this this week? Uh, I did, but not this, not this match. Okay. Sarah Amato and Serena Deeb are talking about the new recruits at the Performance Center. Shayna Baszler and her friends showed up. And they started beefing a locker room with Mia Yim, Lacey Lane, uh, MJ Jenkins was in there. So we got some stuff starting. We get a Bianca Belair vignette. She says that 2018 was her breakout year and that she had Shayna beat in Phoenix if it wasn't for the referee being down. Shayna said, I mean, not Shayna, uh, Bianca Belair says her mindset is undefeated, but all of a sudden, Io Shirai and Kari Sane are entering the picture and she won't step aside for Io. That's right. (laughs) We get a recap of the four NXT stars to appear on Raw and SmackDown this week. Then we get an announcement that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic returns in two weeks and the winner will face War Raiders at TakeOver New York. Announced so far are Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, the Street Profits, the Forgotten Sons, and the Undisputed Era. And the rest of the teams will be made official next week. We have our next match, Mia Yim versus Xia Lee. 
Zaya Lee hops onto Mia's shoulders and rolls her up for a two count. Zaya then gets another two count on a roll up and then she hits a big kick to uh, Mia in the chest. Mia then comes back with strikes of her own. They kick at the same time and Zaya lights Mia up before hitting a tornado kick for a two count. Mia drops Zaya with the spinning back fist. Then Mia adds to protect your neck and Mia Yim gets the win. Shayna Baszler and her buddies hit the ring to jump Mia. She gets saved by the other girls from the PC uh, locker room earlier. So that's Jesse Elvin, Lacey Lane, and MJ Jenkins. Shayna rocks Jenkins with a knee and is taken down by Mia. But it ends up in a three-on-one attack again. And Shayna stands tall with the title. So, Miss Didi Jane, please jump in here and give your analysis with Miss Mia Yim trying to stand up for the girls in the locker room. Looks like she's um, going to be, you know, her and uh, Shayna are going to have a match next week. It was announced cute. online. That's cute. That's nice. Uh, you know what she called Shayna? That was trending mm. today. <laughs> did you see that? I did. <laughs> she called me and Yim called in the tweet to announce that she's going to get the match. She called Shayna Baszler, Sharon Corbin, and the <laughs> internet lost their mind. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty accurate. It was cool to see Lacey Lane and MJ Jenkins, the uh, the the um, girls from the uh, May Young Classic this year. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, MJ Jenkins was the one in like the hot pink that was uh, going toe to toe with Shayna in the ring. Mm. And Lacey Lane is uh, she has the long braids. She's she, Lacey Lane. She's small, but she's gonna be really good. I think MJ Jenkins so is Lane really is good black. too. Yeah, yeah. Her and MJ Jenkins are both black. So all the ethnic girls. Oh, I see what it is. Yeah, yeah. Black history month. I get it. <laughs> Candice LeRae, she's giving Johnny Gargano a pep talk backstage. Tomasa Ciampa waits in the wings. She's not happy to see him. Tomasa offers Johnny his help tonight, but Johnny declines because he won the title without Ciampa. Tomasa says he'll be watching. We get an interview with Matt Riddle, conducted by Jeremy Borash. Riddle is asked about being more conservative. He says he'd rather just be himself and be told to tone it down rather be rather than be told to tone it up. He's happy to have get, gotten rid of Cassius Ono because he was ruining his good time. His goal is the NXT or North American Championship, and nothing will stop him, bro. So what did you think about that uh, that sit-down interview? Did that make you care more or less about Matt Riddle, Miss Didi? Not more, but not less. I think I, I'm firmly like, okay, I'm a fan. You get I it. I like you. You get I it. I see what it is. I, I can work with it. Main event of the night time, Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American Championship. I saw this. <laughs> Johnny tries to elbow free out of an avalanche Dream Valley driver, but he fails and it connects for a great near fall. The, the Dream dives outside, but he goes right into a super kick. Gargano throws the Velveteen Dream into the still steps and he hits a snap suplex on the ramp. Back on the inside, he hits the slingshot DDT, and he gets a near fall. 
Velveteen Dream is out on his feet, but he manages to hit Gargano with the super kick. Gargano rebounds off the ropes, and then he hits a huge clothesline. Come on, Dean Ambrose. <laughs> he calls for the super kick, and Velveteen Dream goes him into it. Gargano avoids the Dream Valley driver, and he hits his own super kick. He goes for the Gargano escape, but the Velveteen Dream hits the Dream Valley driver. He rolls into a second Dream Valley driver, and he follows that up with the purple Rainmaker elbow drop. He gets the one, two, three, and we have a new NXT North American champion. Yes. So, Velveteen Dream yes. is the man. He's finally got his first title in the WWE. And, uh, yeah, he celebrated like it was his first title in yeah, WWE. The baby deserves. <laughs> A distraught Gargano, he crawls up the ramp as the Velveteen Dream continues to celebrate. Tommaso Ciampa is shown watching backstage. And he just kind of, like, nods his head a little bit. Like, yep, yeah, that's what happens when you don't. Let me help you. <laughs> and that was our NXT for this week. So, title change. Velveteen Dream, he's got the title. I'm glad that he wasn't a part of the call-up. So, I'm glad that he's going to stay down at NXT and get a chance to be a champion and, and be like a focal point of the show more than he has mm-hmm. been prior. Um, yeah. so, so, he he dodged a bullet, man, because you know when he gets to the main roster, it's going to be bye-bye for what we love about him. He's going to be no way Jose out there, so he needs to stay right where he is. Uh, yeah, see, that's their problem, man. Like you were saying, they got so many people that they've called up from NXT in the last year that they had no idea what to do with them. They don't want to, mm-hmm. they don't want to, like, what they really need to do since it's obvious that Nobody who goes to SmackDown and Raw really watches NXT. They just need to redo the old NXT feuds on the main roster. So what the NXT people saw them again. It's so it's so much of a small percentage of us that that complaining would be drowned out by the people going, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> but, you know, they haven't figured that formula out yet, so. There's a lot of uh, there's reported to be a lot of like uh, Triple H was pissed, like he was, you know, really not, not in agreement with this move. But you know, Vince gets what Vince wants. So I don't want him to die. I just want something to happen to him so that he can't travel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like one semi-serious blood clot. That's all. Just. One little thing. Broken hip or something where he has to. Yeah. Just even if it's just like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like a broken hip. Something that's easily fixable, but you can't travel. Right. That's all we need. Let AAA get full autonomy over everything. If Triple H ran raw, if he ran raw, like he runs uh, NXT. That show would be better a thousand percent in like a month. I'm sure. I'm sure it wouldn't take long at all. And like another thing is, it kind of sucks that they don't have any like jobbers anymore. Because it would have been. I mean, it's cool to see Finn Balor and Ricochet team up, and cool to see Leo Rush and Ricochet do all that flippy shit. But what if they would have had like a semi decent jobber 
go up against Ricochet and just let Ricochet just go crazy for five mm. minutes. Like you do give me all your best shit for seven minutes. You know who I thought they were setting that up to be? Um, Dimples over in 205 Live. Oh, Umberto? Yeah. But he's been winning lately. But like mm-hmm. I really thought that that's who he was going to be. Like somebody who's really, really good but never wins. Right, right. So. And they still might let him be that when he comes up to the main <laughs> roster. But I, but I thought I really thought that that's who he was going to be. Really, really good. Just not a winner. Yeah. Umberto Carrillo, though, he's he's going to be he's going to get his chance on the main roster soon, I think. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's real good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Fabian Eichner, those guys who were in the Cruiserweight uh, 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 tournaments the past couple of years, they they found a couple of guys out of those uh, tournaments that have been very good, and uh, they've been using them in NXT this year, um, and uh, they've been making a name for themselves. So, again, if you don't watch NXT and you're so bored with Raw, watch it on Wednesday. It's just substituted. Watch uh, Raw on YouTube and then spend <laughs> your hour watching NXT on Wednesdays from 8 to 9 or on demand whenever you watch it. And it's always enjoyable. It's good. It's really good. It's old school. They let people talk. They have pretty decent matches and you know you get a chance to see people win over and over and over again so you can care about them. Watch it, folks. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Didi, have you been watching anything fun and exciting in wrestling besides our normal stuff? No impact. I, it sucks that impact doesn't come on TV anymore. I miss those reports. I miss it because I would certainly tell you all about it had I watched it. <laughs> um, Neville, aka Pac, had some had a really cool match this week as he went up against Will Ospreay. He also wrestled against Walter, so I, I can only imagine what that looked like as far as the size comparison. Uh, Walter was the big guy who came out at the end of the Pete Dunn match in the UK takeover, Didi. Mm-hmm. The big, the big, big guy. Yes. Now imagine him wrestling against Neville. Just a visual. <laughs> Yeah, so Neville had like three like standout matches in the past week that everybody's just been like, yo, you got to see this. So shout outs to him doing his thing. He got out of the purgatory that was WWE and he's starting to flourish again. So he's also signed to AEW. So once they get their stuff going, we'll get a chance to see him on a more regular basis through their promotion. So the only thing that's really left for AEW to announce is their television. So if they're going to mm-hmm. go on a streaming service or regular TV or whatever they're going to do. So I expect to hear something about that probably in April, maybe. Seems like they kind of do every two months here. They've seen to kind of come out with some more news. So you just had the you know the last press conference a few weeks ago that announced Kenny Omega and stuff. So it'll be a, a probably another month, and they'll come out with the press conference to announce their television deal. And once they got that, then it's then it's gonna be on for real. So at this, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think everybody's excited, and Vince is getting nervous because it's getting a lot closer to being real. 
and they got they got some really good people, and they have the ability to have some really good matches. What they're trying to set up is like wins and losses matter, and you know they're trying to have less, you know, more guys having their own promo ability to have input on their promos and input on you know how their stories go. So you know more of a less corporate type structure and more of the you know wrestlers running the running more things than uh what they have in wwe so it sounds like it might be a good alternative but we'll have to see how they execute it <laughs> yeah so at this point miss didi Jone, i'll take your shout outs and thank yous and all those good things uh sure shout out to you shout out to uh, Greg and Sam, shout out to the chairman, shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout out. Shout out to my girls from the Glow, uh, Jay to the Max, and Tatiana Janine, and then shout out to my K pop connect, Jay Trilla, aka Jay Christine, just because I heard that she's in the hospital. I don't know if she's still there, but I know she was there earlier today, so shout out to her. And yeah, that's it. Oh man, I hope Jay Chiller gets well. Yeah, I, I don't really, know no details. Really enjoyed her as a guest. A couple yeah. of times we've had her, so um, prayers up to her. Hope she's doing better. Uh, give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone. Like I said, Jay to the Max, Tatiana Janine for last week's episode. Ladies Night WrestleCast, the Who You Got Elimination Chamber. Give a big congratulations to Miss Didi Jone. She won Elimination Chamber. Who you got edition. So congratulations to you. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Sam. Quantessential R. Shout out to Mo underscore Reese. Big shout out to him, man. Keep your head up. You know, the WrestleCast fam's got your back. Um, Shout out to all the members of the GLOW. All the WrestleBays. And everybody, like I said, who joined us for the live tweet. Everybody who found out about the live tweet and Listen to the podcast for the first time. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Share, retweet, um, you know, review, spread the word. Let them know what we're doing over here on the WrestleCast and the CSPN. And also visit the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Check out our exclusive content, our pre and post show conversations that we call the Dark Match. You can this week. Cooking with Miss Didi Jonet. You can hear her shipping up some of her keto diet uh, <laughs> cuisine uh, as we talk about various TV that she watches as well. So it's always interesting conversations over on the Dark Match. You can check that out on our Patreon page. Subscribe, become a Backstage Pass member, $3 a month, and you'll get these weekly exclusive podcasts. So for Miss Didi Jonet, I'm Don DeLorente. And this has been episode 225 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Shane, I apologize for interrupting. I just, I couldn't wait any longer. I haven't slept in two days. I really have to get something off my chest. Look, look, nearly 48 hours ago at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, I lost... The SmackDown Tag Team Titles. That, for me, is 48 sleepless hours. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, I can't shake the guilt. It's because you, Shane, Shane, you, you took a chance on me being your partner. You took 
that chance. And trust me, I know, I know my reputation around here. So I know why you were hesitant, but you still took that risk. And you did it because I made a passionate plea. You know, when I fell injured at the Best of the World Tournament, you selflessly stepped in and won the Best in the World Tournament. And then when I wanted to be a tag team, you revealed that it was your dream to be tag team champions. And I've always prided myself when whenever I win a championship, I do whatever it takes to make it the most prestigious and relevant title in all the WWE. But then two days ago, in our first title defense, I let you down. And I am so sorry. Now, I... I can't change the past, but I can control the future. And I know there's no more automatic rematch clause, but you're Shane McMahon. And if there is anyone that can make a rematch with the best tag team in the world and the Usos, it is you, Shane. Listen to the crowd. They want it. I want it. You know you want it. Rematch! 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 Whoa! 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 Hey, hey, the sounds of it, Oos. It sounds like the WWE Universe want a rematch between Shane O'Mac and The Miz versus uh, the brand new... WWE Smackdown Live Tag Team Champions But this is what we know There's no automatic rematch clause for the tag team titles But Shane, oops If you could just forgive your partner The Miz Just forgive him, oops Dig down deep in your heart and forgive him Sometimes it's hard for me to forgive him But look, dig down deep Shane and we'll give you one more opportunity, Oos, to call you guys the best tag team in the world. Hey, but Shane O'Mac, there's only one reason why you don't want this rematch, Oos. Let's keep it real. Your boy Miz, he's a joke. <laughs> hey, Shane, that's what I'm saying, Oos. You need to find yourself another worthy partner. Yes, Because this I one ain't cutting it. Get you another partner, Oos, that no one time disrespect. You do not disrespect my partner like that. You dig? The rematch is on. And it's happening in your hometown at Fastlane in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right, it's the Usos and the Kobecs is the best tag team in the world. And we're taking back our SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And that is 